This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Reset, everybody. I'm your host, David McCabe. Man, it's good to be back. It's been two weeks. We're sponsored by StableBit. StableBit.com. I'm going to tell you about these guys in a little bit. But today on Reset, we're going to talk about two $20 items that just might change your household. A hard drive size that's going to blow your mind. A pixel gone bad. And Amazon delivery drivers can now come into your house and use the bathroom. That's all on Reset 35. Uh, I'm kidding, of course, on Amazon. Please, Amazon, don't shut me down again. I'm kidding. They're not going to come in and use the bathroom. But we're going to talk about that because that's the first thing I thought of, right? The guy can get in and deliver your box. And he's like, well, the bathroom's just right there. And I really got to go. And the nearest McDonald's is 17 miles. I'm just going to sneak in here real quick. No, that's not going to happen. But we're going to talk about that. That's funny. Sorry. I do these things. Sorry about that. Okay. A couple of $20 items that's going to blow your mind. And I'm already fibbing to you because I wrote down $20. And this first one's $29.99. And it's on back order. But you're going to want to check this out. It's a little camera from a company called Wise Labs. W-Y-Z-E Labs. Now, I've got one on order. I'll let you know when it gets in stock. And I'll let you know how, how good it works. But what they've got here is a 1080p indoor like security camera, right? So it's got night vision, it's got motion, sound detection, and it's got 14 days of cloud storage. Now, we're going to talk about an Amazon camera later that's got 24 hours. And this thing for 30 bucks has 14 days. Now, it's going to be limited, guys. It's got an app. It's not going to talk to your, like, your, probably your smart things. I, I say that. I don't know. I don't have it yet. But it's going to have its own app, and we're just going to have to see what exactly this thing can do. 110 degrees of uh, wide-angle lens on this little guy. You plug it in. It's not battery. It's not like all the other cameras we've been talking about. But it's 30 bucks. And I don't know if anybody has one yet. I, I don't know. This thing blew up on the internet and it is temporarily out of stock as per Amazon. So I've got it on order. I put my order in October 24th. So I hope that I'm going to get it soon. I will let you know. We'll talk about it. Okay, the next $20 item is not $20 either. It's $19.99. Okay, it's 20 bucks. I don't even know where I ran across this, but I ran across it at $14.99 during a sale. So you can't beat that. I picked it up instantly. It is a wireless uh, door and window sensor, Zigbee, and it works with smart things. Now, door and window sensor, you're like, Dave, good Lord, it's it's a door and window sensor. Why are you getting all excited about that? But I got it for 15 bucks, right? $14.99. You can get excited about that. Trust me. It's easy. In a geek's world, in a you know small little brain like mine, it's easy to get excited about 15 bucks on a door window sensor. 
it also has a temperature sensor, which that's what I was first going to use it for. My first inclination was to stick this thing on the back of my PC that's doing my Bitcoin mining. Thank you, Jim Collison. You cost me $215, and now I've made probably 7 bucks. <laughs> I'm not going to get in on Bitcoin mining. I'm not going to go there with you. I'm just kidding. It's actually kind of fun. It's kind of fun to watch. But what I was going to do is I was going to stick it on the back and then have like a temperature monitor, right? Because this PC can't tell me, I mean, it could beep or shut down if it goes into nuclear mode and overheats, but I have no way of knowing. So I thought maybe I'll stick this on the back of the PC and put some logic on it. And if it gets too hot, let me know, you know, give me some, you know, smart things, some, some smarts, if this, then that kind of thing, right? I ended up sticking it on the door, so I got to buy another one of these. But it's really nice. It's it's a thin, small package. Of course, all the links to these two things, or these two $20 items, are going to be in the show notes at reset.fm. Go look at that. Actually, reset.fm slash 35. It's very slim. It's very compact. But there's a little caveat to this thing. You have to go into SmartThings website, not the app the website, and make a couple of changes, all right? SmartThings, you know, as of the date that I added this, SmartThings did not natively recognize it as a door window temperature sensor. So you have to go kind of throw some code around. Now, when I say that, it's really easy. I'm going to give you the links in the show notes. All you got to do is copy, paste, done. I even did a video on it. I just haven't gotten it um, uploaded. That would probably be the easiest thing to do. My hope is that, you know, by the time we're listening to this, maybe in a few weeks, it's going to be native. And you just, you know, put put your SmartThings Hub in discovery mode, pull the, uh, or put the battery in on this, or pull that little plastic tab to engage the battery, and voila, it says, hey, I found X and X device. Good deal. I I think at $20, still a good deal if you're looking for window sensors and all that good stuff. Now, also, I know you can go to Lowe's and get their Zigbee sensor, their door window sensor as well. I think they're $20. I think I saw that yesterday. I was out shopping for some LED lights and saw that at the uh, at my local Lowe's store. I'm going to tell you about those LED lights in another episode because we got we have a lot to talk about, let me tell you. So, now we're talking sensors, we're talking security, smart things, all that good stuff. And I've got an automation episode kind of brewing for you, right? I've I've been keeping notes and it's come out of my I'm going to call this my annual frustration with fr- smart things. Once a year, I get so frustrated enough at smart things that I literally want to chunk it out the window, right? I want to rip every everything out of my house and start over. It just I I get there. I it just makes me mad. And this last round has been where it just sensors drop off the face of the earth. I can't find it. So sorry. And you literally have to delete them and re-add them and, you know, make sure you get the smarts reapplied back to them. So I literally want to throw it out the window. 
So that brings me to this next item I want to talk to you about. And I truly think we are rounding the corner to systems in a box that you can get off the shelf and literally go home and throw on a security system, a home automation system, you know, that it's, you can have confidence in it, it's going to work, you install it, and it's not $5 billion and it doesn't come with a $40 a month, you know, monitoring fee. So I'm leading you to Ring. You know Ring and Ring.com with their awesome doorbell cams, right? Someone rings a doorbell, you get binged on your phone, and you can say, oh, it's Billy. Hang on. Billy, I'll be right there, right? Or you see, you know, trick-or-treaters. It's Halloween. That's always fun, right? These guys have come out now with security cameras. They've got floodlight cams. They've got spotlight cams. Oh, a year ago or so, they came out with that stick-up cam, completely battery, completely wireless, and you can just stick those things anywhere you need security. It all works together in their app. And now, they have a full security system. And when I say security system, I'm talking base station, keypad, contact sensors, motion detectors, and did I mention keypad? Yes, I did mention keypad. Let's back up to the alarm system that's in my house that we inherited by purchasing the house, which no doubt a lot of you out there have, right? It comes from your local ADT or your AT&T or whoever your local security company.com is that will overcharge you for a plan. Now, this system was put in properly. It minus one thing. When I say properly, window sensors on the first floor, glass break sensors properly located because a lot of times I've seen houses where glass break sensors are not repeated in the areas they need to be repeated in. They're, you know, trying to sense a breakage too far away. But they did one thing wrong. They put entry um what am I calling uh, keypads at at the back door by the garage, which that's appropriate, right? You come in through the garage, beeps, you turn it off, and they put one in the master bedroom. I believe that that is correct. The master bedroom door is close to the front door should you ever enter the house from that door, which I can honestly say we've never done in this house. Never, ever done. I always come in from the side or the back. But that's the place to put it because at night you would hear the beeps, right? The one place I need a keypad is by the sliding glass door that goes to the backyard, right? Because every morning the kids get up, or let's say, let's say weekend routine, kids get up, dog needs to pee, dog's bothering the kids, kids open the sliding glass door and you start getting that, uh, either you get the elongated beep saying, better put your coat in, or you get your alarm going off at, let's say it's 7 o'clock in the morning, you wanted to sleep in, now the dog's outside peeing, but everybody else in the house is awake. This ring.com protect security kit starts at $199. And you can buy 
extra items for this. You can buy extra keypads for $50 each. $50. That you can also buy extra contact sensors, door and window sensors for 20 bucks each. That's a pretty good deal, guys. 199 to get in and add what you want. Just just add the things that you want. Now, it's going to work with your cameras and you can also monitor this system. That's what sets it apart from a smart thing system that is more like an automation hub, which I've back in the day, I always tried to force my smart things hub, my automation hub to be a security hub. And it fights back at every turn every sensor that I put into the system, it fights back, right? So I've since given up and I've I've just said, Dave, it's an automation device. It's to make things easier. It's to let you know if there's a water leak in the basement, right? Kind of kind of system. It is not your security system. Get that through your thick skull. It is not. And if you rely on it to be that, it's going to fail you miserably somehow, some way in the future. It will. I guarantee it. I guarantee you it will. Now, that's not saying that this ring is perfect, but this has woken me up. I have seen the light. I like this system. Ring is doing it. There's another company called Abode. Goabode.com. Nest is doing it. So these guys are honing in on the security aspects. They're looking at security first, and then they're allowing little bits and pieces of sensors here and there. Ring is doing it too. They've got a uh, flood and freeze sensor, 35 bucks. Smoke, um, CO, you know, CO2, they've got a, a, a signal booster. And motion detectors, and of course, uh, Ring has cameras, right? I'm this. This is good stuff, guys. This is really good stuff. Did I say Nest is doing it? So you've got three. I I say we've got three companies here to take a look at, and we really need to pay attention to this. Now, here's what I'm thinking: if I can get this by the CFO, if I can raise the spousal acceptance factor high enough. I'm thinking about this ring.com security system for a new build in my backyard, which is a pool house. I honestly believe I need to secure this pool house because there is going to be times in the winter and even summer that there's not a lot of use of this facility. I think an alarm system, a keypad, floodlight, Motion set. I think everything is warranted for this outdoor uh, spot in my house that, you know, we're, we're just kind of separated from. We're inside. We don't see it. It's dark. You can't even see on the back of it, right? I need a camera out there. So I'm thinking I'm going to go with this. I do need to get, um, I'm probably going to have to put in a purchase order and get that accepted by the uh, by the CFO. But I'm excited about it. I'm excited about where this automation truck is turning, this train, 
slow moving train that it's going to. And I personally like where it's going. Once I got it through my head that Samsung smart things has its role to play in my house, right? It has a role. And security, I do not think is it. Now, let's talk about something because I know you're thinking, Dave, that's 200 bucks and I've got all of this stuff, right? I've already purchased all this stuff. So, ring.com has monitoring. I'm not going to go through the prices. You, You can go out there and look. You can have someone monitor, right? Alarm goes off, they call your phone. Hey, Mr. McCabe, are you okay? No, someone's beating me over the head with a shovel. Get here quick. They've got that. They also will let you self-monitor, right? I'm saying that up front because Ring has come out and said that you can connect Z-Wave and Zigbee sensors to the Ring Protect base station. You can connect your sensors And they're going to have a list for you of the ones that they will support. But, they said, if you do that, you will not be eligible for the 24 hours a day, 7 days a week professional monitoring service. Right? And they're going to have a comprehensive list of compatible sensors out for you. So, keep that in mind. If you want to self-monitor, you still can. And... If let's just say you wanted to pull some of those Zigbee and Z-Wave sensors off of your smart things, roll roll with me here. I've got door and window sensors, right? And how I use them now is not in a security sense, but in a a sense of has this door been open for three minutes or longer, right? So I get that all the time. The back door, I get a. I get a notification. The back door has been open for over three minutes. And, of course, I go to the back door. It's wide open. The kids are out on the trampoline jumping. You know, they swung the door shut and whatever. It didn't latch and it kind of flew open. That is nice to know. Things like that are good to know. You can pull those sensors off and put it on this ring protect system. I like that. I do. I completely like that. I also can see starting over from scratch and buying the sensors you need to protect your home, of course, you're going to have to add this up. It could be costly. It could be very costly. And then go with 24-7 monitoring. There's, there's value in that. I told you I wasn't going to talk about pricing, but it's 10 bucks a month. Complete, man, I sound like an advertisement. This is like a 30-minute advertisement. Complete protection for your system per month or a hundred bucks per year, a hundred dollars a year. And this is going to come with cellular backup and battery backup. That is amazing. That is crazy. Amazing. Amazing. So amazing. Protect plus 10 bucks a month. Cellular backup. That's, that's pretty good stuff right there. I like it. I like it. I get equally excited about home storage. You know, I love my home servers and my NASes and all that kind of good stuff. But there's one product out there I use and who is a sponsor of this show. And I'm going to recommend it for you too. StableBit. StableBit.com. They got three products, guys. They've got StableBit Scanner. 
which this is going to scan all the hard drives in your system, keep you up to date, informed. You're going to know if something's going bad. Drive pool. You can take all of your hard drives laying around your house, two terabyte, one terabyte, 500 gig, whatever. Crunch all of them together into one drive pool. Do an air quotes for you. It's a drive pool. So you'll have all of those drives running in your system, but you'll only have one drive letter and it pools all of them together and you've got all that hard drive space and it will allow you to do duplication and stuff. So if something dies and one of those hard drives is four years old and you're like, I don't know if I should use that. If it dies all of a sudden, you'll know it first of all from StableBit Scanner. It's going to tell you. But your drive is your data is going to be safe with StableBit Drive Pool. And the last thing you need to know about is Cloud Drive. This creates a virtual hard drive. It's, this thing is indistinguishable from a, a hard drive on your system, right? But it is mapped to your cloud storage. Now, you can do this with OneDrive, uh, Box, Dropbox, Amazon S3, Google Drive. You can do it with Google Drive and OneDrive. That is awesome. You can do it with uh, encrypted en- encryption, <laughs> excuse me, and it's got some caching routines. You don't need to know about that. All you need to know about is it's going to be fast, it's going to be good, and it's going to be secure. And it's, it's your stuff. It's your cloud storage. Why not have it available to you in a fast and reasonable manner on your PC you're using, right? Or on your server. Maybe you're going to use a Windows 10 box as a server with all of your hard drives. You use uh, DrivePool to pull those up. You use Scanner to monitor them. And you use StableBit Cloud Drive to back something up to your OneDrive, to your Google Drive. Or you can do there's you can make it do jump through hoops like FTP. Cool stuff like that. You need to check these guys out because you can get all three of these products and try them for 30 days. We're not talking about 7 days or 14 days. You're talking about an an entire month you can test drive fully functional software for 30 days. And if you like it, you can buy it. If you just need one of those products, you can get it for $39.95. However, there is a bundle, and I completely recommend the bundle. You get all three for $59.95. 60 bucks, and you are good to go. I cannot recommend this company more. I know they're a sponsor, but I personally use the product, and this pr- product has literally bailed me out of trouble. Quick, you can look through the back reset catalog and it's got everything in there you need to know about this little situation. But I had a server and I moved to a NAS, right? My server was using StableBit. I was using all the products. I powered it off, took it all apart and stacked the hard drives in a closet. A year later, I found, we were trying to do a photo book and I found out that I was missing like... I don't know, six months of photos. Like, holy smokes, what happened? I copied all this stuff over, I thought. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. This is, I'm I'm missing drives. I did not have the OS drive to this server. So I fired up a brand new PC of Windows 10. 
I threw all of those hard drives in there that I had in my server that were running with StableBit. I threw all of those in there. I installed the trial software, guys. I just installed the trial. And it booted up, installed the trial, and it says, hey, we see a drive pool out there. Would you like to rebuild this thing? And I was like, sure, please. (laughs) It rebuilt it, bailed me out completely. My missing data was there, and I can't tell you how, how much that saved me. I mean, my wife was just freaking out because it's like, these are kids' pictures, and I'm supposed to be the guy that knows how to back things up, and I could not find these pictures anywhere. I don't know what in the world was going on. That's that's for me to sort out. But what happened? StableBit, they bailed me out. This product literally saved my hide. I'd have been grounded for months. <laughs> so thank you, StableBit. Thank you for being a sponsor. Go, just go StableBit.com. Get this, get this software. It's good stuff. All right, I told you I was excited, but I'm not excited about this next story. And there, there is so much security crap going on these days. I mean, if Equifax isn't getting hacked, then Wi-Fi is getting hacked and more security cameras. And it's a mess, guys. It, it literally is a mess. And you should be running something. You literally should be running some type of thing to help you identify security risks or, you know, rogue items on your network. So there's a exploit called crack, and I'm not going to go knee deep into this thing, but I want to tell you that real quick after crack was I don't know, disclosed if 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 that's the best term. My Wi-Fi provider, my hardware router and hardware provider came out with a, a notice that said, yo, we're on this. So that was Eero. You guys know I run Eero. I, I have a lot of other systems, and I'm not saying any of those are bad, but what I'm doing is public service announcement. You need to stay on top of your router and your Wi-Fi. And when there are vulnerabilities brought out, you need to make sure that they're on it. So there, there's a bad one out there for WPA2 security protocol, and it's called Crack K-R-A-C-K, and just go to your provider, Netgear, D-Link, TP-Link, Eero, Luma, Google, whoever you're using, get out there and check it, okay? Make sure everything's cool. Eero has already uh, beta tested the fix and pushed the fix out. Done. I'm not worried about it. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be vigilant, though, right? Okay. So we'll do that. You know one thing I like to do? I've got a lot of apps on a device for products I don't even have running. Gear I might not even own. But most, most of it is stuff that I don't have running. And I like to... I can keep up with updates of that gear just by watching the updates to the app, right? Let me go case in point here. Circle. Circle Home is one of those little, it's not terribly security-minded. It's more like protection-minded. And they've got some new updates where they are Amazon, what are we going to call her today? A-L-E-X-A? Um it works with that now, and it also works with if this, then that. So you can set up new things with your 
Circle Home, which is pretty cool. Also, Circle is now working on Netgear Nighthawk routers. Uh, it's I think it's the R7000. I said routers. I don't know if it's plural. It may be just singular. But that's kind of cool that it's now able to be used within that router and you don't have a separate device, you know, watching over your network. I, I like that. I like these companies that, you know, have their their security solution. And Netgear wants to roll a circle for their um you know their net nanny. I, I'm cool with that. It's it's a good product. I use it as my net nanny. Orbi Orbi keeps updating their app. And I bring this up because I have given them a very hard time about their app and how crappy it is. And it's probably still crappy, but they're working on it, right? So we'll quickly uh, switch over to D-Link. I've got the D-Link cover in home. It's constantly getting fixes and constantly getting app updates. So it's a good system. And I think I've got a YouTube out there on it, and I still need to get you a little bit more information on it. But um, the the Netgear Orbi, I've got the Orbi Pro. We're going to be looking at that in a in a couple of weeks, and also this D-Link cover. Decent devices that you can recommend. That uh, you know, do a little reading on those, but you can definitely recommend those. And we'll we'll try to get onto those a little bit more too. Now, we talked storage with StableBit, right? Now, I want to talk about hard drive storage that is going to absolutely blow your mind. I mean, Seagate has got this drive now that is 12 terabytes. I mean, I can't, it is hard for me to wrap my head around a single hard drive that is 12 terabytes of storage. I mean, we, when I started with Windows Home Server, I bought the EX470. And I think, man, I can't even remember what it came with. I think the EX475 came with, one of those two came with a 500 gig drive, right? And I had a lot of storage. I was living large, guys. Living large. We're talking end of 07 Start of 2008, 500 gigs. Yeah, I was killing it. I think I still have that hard drive over here somewhere. But I kind of, it peaked for me, hard drive storage and space peaked for me at two terabytes. Two terabytes was that golden age of hard drives. And then it kind of tanked, right? We had some flooding and I believe it was Thailand where Western Digital made drives and a couple other guys made drives and prices, you know, rose. But we were getting we were getting two terabyte drives for I think 70 bucks. That's where we were at back then. And then we got past this this hurdle of pricing and gouging and, and not necessarily gouging. I mean, they, they had some issues over there. And then we get into NAS drives and surveillance drives and, you know, reds and purples and blacks and blues and all this kind of stuff, specialized drives. And then the prices start, you know, plummeting down again. And now you can get a 12 terabyte hard drive. These are on Amazon right now. 
mid 400s, maybe high 400s, right? But what this does is it pushes the prices down on those other drives, which we all know that. This is good stuff. There are some pro drives that are going to be a little bit more. They're going to cost more, right? And they have a little longer mean time between failure, MTBF, and uh, there's some there are some difficulties with hard drives and makers in these large capacities. They're, they're different. We're, we're, you talk about completely different things when we're getting up into these size, size hard drives. So we can classify them as a, you know, just a regular and a pro. And maybe we need to dig into that episode pretty soon and talk about this is, can you see yourself buying a 12 terabyte drive? Is I mean, I'm thinking enterprise. I'm thinking big storage, big data. But you can still get these on Amazon, right? I'm looking at the 12 terabyte Iron Wolf for $472. Seagate Enterprise 12 terabytes, $464. I can get these prime, by the way, tomorrow if I needed to. Pro, sorry for plosives on my P's. Seagate Iron Wolf Pro, I'm looking at, uh, we're talking about 520 bucks. Here's a cool thing. 10 terabyte drives, 350 bucks. I like this. I like the sound of that. You know what I like even better? Is shucking hard drives. And you, you know about this shucking, right? It's a thing. You can buy a, uh external hard drive that you're supposed to plug into your desktop and back your stuff up, right? Do the shucking, just like pulling an ear of corn out of a husk. Rip it apart. Take the hard drive out. You've got yourself a brand new hard drive. You stick it in your system. Or you buy two or three. You throw them into drive pool, and you're, you've got storage beyond what you can fill up, right? We think. I'm looking at 8 terabyte external hard drive for $169. It's got 4 out of 5 stars with well over 6,000 reviews. So I wonder, I wonder, let's go, let's just live right here, live. Let's search for shuck. Let me see if that word comes up. Look at that. Shuck, shuck. It's everywhere in the Q&A and the review section. It is everywhere. So probably a good time to public service announcement about that because you can get into, you know, these drives are not meant for RAID and unraid and all of that kind of good stuff. So they may be archive drives. They, they may be slower than what you would normally buy. But I'm, I'm just telling you, it's a thing. People do it. Just buyer beware. Make sure you're getting a drive that can shuck easily. And you're okay with, you know, breaking the uh, the plastic and stuff. You, you're not going to use it anyway, right? You can. There, there are some you can pull apart. You can throw in an old drive into the USB connector. And, yeah, you've got you. You can reuse that container. But I've done that once. I did that with, I think it was an HP drive. But I've, I haven't done it in a long time. Usually when you shock, you're, you just want the drive, right? You just want the cheap drive. So it's a thing. Shucking is a thing. 
All right, I got a new phone. I know I say that once every two or three months, but I'm into the Pixel 2 XL. And I'm sure you've heard there's been quite the controversy about the Pixel 2 XL, about the screen. And I just wanted to throw out there a little thing of a little bit on what I experienced. We'll, we'll go through this fast. I've been on Project Phi for about two years now. Well, well over two years. I started with the Nexus 6. I went to the 6P. I did the Pixel XL last November. And about a month ago, I switched to the Pixel. And that's the little one. And now I'm on the Pixel 2 XL, which is the version 2 with the bigger one. That's a lot of phones. It's a lot of phones. I had to kind of write that down to kind of go through it. Now, have you ever... Let me get off course for a second here. Have you ever seen the FedEx logo? Have you ever seen the arrow hidden in that logo? I'm sure you have. It's kind of a thing to point that out now. But, you know, years ago it wasn't. So if you don't know about this, go look at the FedEx arrow. And look look between, right at the X, the E-X, between the big E and the little small X, there's an arrow. It's kind of hidden in there in white. Now, my point is, is if you didn't know that was there, you'd never see it, right? You just see FedEx. That's, that's the FedEx logo. You don't see it. When someone points out that arrow to you, you see the FedEx logo, but your eyes go right to that arrow. You see the arrow. You cannot unsee that arrow. So that's my point. That's what this section is about here about this phone there's some things on the display that you cannot unsee because the tech community and the reviewing community has pointed them out over and over and over let me go through those for you it has a polarization filter built into it hardware wise so if you look at this phone off angle and i'm talking about holding it in front of you and tilting it to the side, almost to where you can't read it. Like you would tilt it to say, hey, someone else, read this. It looks blue. It does. It looks blue. It has a blue tint to it. I'm not talking about a navy blue, completely blueing out the screen, but off angle, you get a light blue look on the screen. So you're looking straight at it. You tilt it, it turns blue. If you tilt it up and down in front of you, it happens as well. But when you read your phone, you kind of look at it straight on. So it's never a problem. Now, they did this. It's, as far as I understand, and this could change. This is only a week old. They did this with a polarization filter. And you can literally take this thing outside and look at it with your sunglasses and see it perfectly. And I've, I've done it, and it works. I've got a nice pair of Smith sunglasses. I shouldn't say nice because these things got issues, too. I've got a pair of Smith sunglasses that are polarized and I can read my phone. It's That's a nice thing to have. However, you got the blue thing going on here, right? A lot of the times I'd rather just dip my sunglasses and take a look at my phone if I need to. But it is what it is. Can't be fixed. I, I, I believe that it cannot be fixed. I believe that that is built into the hardware, right? So there was also a someone complaining about burn-in or re- 
screen retention, right? That's a bad thing. That is something, hey, that's like physical damage to your phone, to your screen. Cannot be undone, right? I swear I saw this on day two. I swear I saw it on my phone on the second day I had it. Now, the first day I had it, I had very little time to play with it. Plugged it in, went to bed. The next day I had it, is when I thought I saw it, it was end of day when I did this, I I literally had over seven hours of screen on time. Now the tech world would freak out about right then. Seven hours of the screen on without recharging. That's a lot of screen on time. So screen on time is a thing. Seven hours is a big thing. And then I, I thought I saw this burn in, this retention. So what you do is you download this screen-sized file, and it's like this gray, charcoalish gray. And you load that gray image, just like you would look at a photo, and tap the screen so all of the menuing stuff goes away, and it's just this gray screen. And then you look around the screen for faint hints of burn-in, right? See if you can see it. It was, I, I swear to God, I saw it at the bottom where the bar is and where the navigation buttons are for Android. I thought I saw it on the bottom there. So that's a thing. Now, I tried it again this morning. I didn't see it. I'm like, what's going on? And the only thing I can think of is perhaps that because I had the phone on so much that one day that I saw that. So the other thing is if I look at my phone and I look at all the apps that I use, it has a black bar at the bottom with white menuing buttons. You know, the back arrow, the home key, and the uh, app switching key. If you're on Android, you know what I'm talking about. Those are all bright, super white. So it's it's no wonder maybe some of this is being, you know, re- in retention. So... I think there are things that Google can do. And they have come out and said that. That they have admitted as much. Yeah, there's some retention in there. We're putting in a software fix. Others in the tech community have said that maybe Google is not shifting their pixels. Or doing uh, what you would call uh, dithering. Right? Dithering would be moving the image back and forth just a little bit so much as you cannot see it with the naked eye, but they're moving it, right? They're shifting it around, being shifty. And that would move it around so... They would move it around enough that it wouldn't get retention or burn in, right? So fast you can't see it. That's a good thing. Google said, hey, yo, we can fix this. There's another issue about uh, a muddy screen... And I'm not even going to get into that. Literally, you have to jump through some hoops in order to see some some type of muddy screen. And I swear to God, my eyes are so bad. I, my phone could be... Well, it's not. Um, it's not. My phone looks great, actually. And that's why I'm going to get to this muted colors thing. So they say that all these big terms and sRGB and color profiles and whatnot, they say, hey, we are doing representing the colors as they should be represented in life. This is what it looks like. That's how we're going to represent it on the screen. 
And you know when you go into Best Buy or somewhere and you look at TVs and you see that bright one with the colors that are popping off the screen. That's what we're used to seeing in life. Not what's natural. And Samsung, on their screens, man, they pop the colors off, right? You look at that phone, it's like, wow. I mean, it does. It looks good. I like it. I don't, I mean, I would probably tone it down a little bit because, yeah, they really they really blow out the color with saturation. But when you look at the Pixel 2 XL, it looks good. I I really don't. I guess if you're coming from like a Samsung phone or something that is really blowing out the color, then maybe, yeah, maybe you would have an issue with that. I kind of, I like the subdued colors. I like the muted colors and they, they, they're warm. I, I like it. My phone, is, it looks gorgeous, right? And I'm not just defending it because I'm going to say Google has come out and said, yo, we're going to fix that too. We'll, we'll give you an option to vibrant up your colors if you want we'll give you that option so we'll see what i think when i toggle that vibrant colors and it's just like popping and i'm like yes it's the best thing ever so we'll see what i say but right now the pros to me are outweighing some of these cons my concern is kind of like how did how did we miss this stuff google the burn-in retention thing, I'm thinking maybe we shouldn't have missed that. And my biggest concern would be is did they mute the colors? Did they kind of dial back the colors in order to soften this retention issue or this burn-in issue? Because they said in their statement, in order to do this, we're going to decrease the brightness ever so slightly. 50 nits. That's not really slightly. It's 50 nits of brightness they're going to reduce in order to vibrant up your screen and your colors. I think maybe they dialed it back so they wouldn't have burn-in. Reviewers are looking at the V30 by LG, which, by the way, the Pixel 2 XL is made by LG. The V30 has the same screen, and it doesn't have this issue which we think in the community, we think that LG is doing it right by dithering. And I don't remember any blue tilt issues with the V30 about people saying, wow, this blue tilt is really bad. So it's kind of day to day. I have until next week in order to do a return and I'm holding on to it. I really like this phone. I want to love this phone. But I really, really like this phone. There's so many good things about this. The camera, I, if you read tech reviews, I know you've heard about the camera on this phone. It is curse word good. I'm telling you, the detail that this thing can capture is unbelievable. Seriously. When people say it's curse word good out there, it's, it's good. Front firing speakers on the Pixel, XL, Pixel 2 XL vibrantly loud i like them i don't like that down firing i found myself curling my hand around the side in order to fire that speaker back at me and i'm like wait wait i'm i'm on my new phone now i don't have to do that just turn it up it'll it'll fire at you so it's got two speakers uh top and bottom that fire at you the bezels are nice it's got really slim bezels it's got you know it's got a little bigger bezel on the top to fit the speakers and all the little sensors and stuff 
It's got a music sensing feature where it's sitting idle on your desk and a song starts playing and it'll recognize that song. It's got that creepy Google feel to it, but it's all happening local. And you can tap that song and go find it in the store or whatever. So it's really kind of neat for them. I do like the colors of it. I, I think the colors are fine. And I would like to maybe dial it up just a little bit. Give me, yeah, give me a little pop. I'll take some pop. I'll take a little bit off of my battery to get some pop. I'll take that. The big issue I have is this is the first time ever I've spent 40 bucks on a case. It's the first time I've ever spent this kind of money on a case. It's from Google. It's a material case. It's it's really nice. It looks gorgeous. But it's slippery as heck. Slippery as heck. Now it's I think as you work in uh, I it's kind of gross, you know. It's material, so it's going to soak up oils and dirts and goobers and all that stuff. I think as all that gets in there, it's going to get some tack to it. <laughs> that's just plain disgusting, but I think that's what's happening. But it was it's very slippery. And so I'm on the case uh hunt. If I'm keeping this phone, I've already ordered two and I've ordered a a, a screen uh glass protector. So I I think I'm I think I'm keeping it. What would I change? I haven't had the need to use the headphone port yet. But it's it's a matter of time until I need it and I don't have the dongle. I think that's just asinine to do that. They should have waited at least a year. But it is what it is. Wireless charging. There's no wireless charging on the phone. I would like to have that because my car has a built-in wireless charger. I like to, would like to be able to put that on there. The camera lens is fine. I think having that tap to zoom, even just a little minor 2x or something like that would be nice. I would like to I would like to have that. iPhone 10, is it X or 10? I have no clue. Comes out next week. I'm not going to talk about that, but uh, I've got this whole list of things that I'm going to skip over about financing and project fi and things. We're running long. I need to get rolling here. My backup plan, if I turn this phone in, is was obviously the V30, but now I'm rethinking that. And then it was the Note 8. And if I don't want to spend a billion dollars, I'm thinking I would look at the unlocked phones from Amazon. Have you seen this? Unlocked phones from Amazon. Yes, they're kind of like the uh, their Kindle Reader, where they're going to pop some ads on your lock screen. But you can get an LG G6, fantastic phone, for 400 bucks. Now, if you want to go down, you can get the Moto X4 and you could get the Nokia 6 for $179.99. And they're all unlocked Amazon phones. I'll put a link in the show notes. Go look at these phones. There's a um, there's a grid where you can compare. So if you absolutely have to have a fingerprint sensor, then boom, you're going to spend 400 bucks. If you don't, then the world is your oyster in these phones. There are a lot of good phones on this list. All right, let's talk about... I'm going to skip over a couple of things uh, to try with ALEXA, and we'll talk about those in a future episode. But what I want to feature here in our conversation today is Amazon Key. Have you heard about Amazon Key? Surely you've heard about this. So it's called... Amazon Key. I'm not making this up. It's for Prime members. And it's for 
home delivery of your Amazon orders, not only to your door and your back door, porch, wherever you get your orders, but placed inside your home for you by Amazon delivery drivers. Yes, unlocking your door, putting your box inside, closing your door, locking it again. Off they go. Your packages, high and dry, safe and sound. Porch bandits, beware. It's not going to happen here, right? But there's a whole lot of scrutiny on this product. There's a whole lot of things to be not only wary of, but, you know, concerned about. We need to talk about this. Let's, Let's talk about this. So Amazon Key, it's actually a product. This is not a service where you stick a key into the mat and have, tell Amazon, hey, there's a key. Just put it in my house. No, this is a lock and camera combo. It is, what, 250 bucks. So not only are they delivering for you in your house, but they're, they're charging you a pretty penny for the hardware in order to enable this thing. So $249.99, free shipping, by the way. For a lock, it's a smart lock, and a cloud camera. Amazon has a cloud camera now. So let's talk about that. Because you can buy this cloud camera separate. You don't have to subscribe to this Amazon key business if you don't want to. If you would like a nice little camera to go in your house, let's take a look at it. Because it releases on November 8th. It's 120 bucks. $119.99. You get two for $200, three for $289. I guess if you need a slew of indoor cameras, that's probably a pretty good deal. There are a lot of bullet points on this camera that are good. And this looks like a good camera. 1080p, 120 degrees of visual field, which that's not bad. It comes with 24 hours of cloud storage I assume they're using Amazon (laughs) Uh, cloud storage for free for up to three cameras. Now, that's a big deal. Now, EasyViz, are you paying attention? Because I've asked them to give me packages for multiple cameras. And I think they have to pay attention now. This is up to three cameras free. You get 24 hours of retention. Doesn't sound like a lot. If you're just using this for some kind of security-minded thing and you point it at the backyard and all of a sudden your birdbath disappears, you know, you notice it's gone, you go back and you find it and, you know, the neighbor just came over, swiped your birdbath, you got it on film, right? It's not an outdoor camera, by the way. This is an indoor camera. I'm just giving you something here. 24 hours free. You can upgrade for $70 a year and get seven days retention, which sometimes you don't notice if your birdbath is gone until two or three days later. It'd be nice to have some retention, right? There's no downloads on the free tier. So that's that's something to pay attention to. So you get the 24 hours, but you can't download them. They're going to make you pay. The camera also has some smarts, like motion detection, like Record the human coming in the door, but don't record the dog, you know, walking around and laying by the door. That sort of thing. Those smarts are going to be unlocked 
with the plan, right? And there's more plans, so you can take a look at that. You can add actually add more, more cameras. Now, what I thought is neat is with these new plans, you can access it on your Fire TV or on your like Echo Show or your Echo Spot. So you can say, A word, show me the front door. Show me the money. Show me the front door. And it's going to pop up on your Fire TV or your show. Now, I am curious as to how long this is going to take because I have used cameras before. And I could literally say, you know, A word, show me the back door. I could literally go to the go to another door, climb on the roof, walk over there and look down onto the back door and see who's there faster than this camera can provide me a screen on my Echo Show. That was a roundabout way to tell you. It's just slow. It's slow. I'm curious to see how fast Amazon's is going to be. It needs to be fast, guys. I mean, show me the front door. Bam! Didn't mean to yell at you, but it needs to be that fast. It really does. Amazon Key. So that's just the camera. This package includes a lock, smart lock for your outside door, and the camera. This is for Prime members only. I'm going to have a link in the show notes. Please go click that link. Let me caveat this whole conversation by saying this is only available in certain areas. Use the link in the show notes and go check. You got to throw in your zip code and make sure it's available in your area, which is, you know, metropolitan areas and stuff. It is available in my area. So let's take a look further. Let's dig a little more and keep talking about how they're doing it. Well, how is $249 free install, by the way, which is normally $140. Door modifications are not included it's pretty bold letters in there, meaning they're not going to monkey around with your door. So the lock, the camera, free install. And they say door modifications are not included. If you have, if, if you've done this before, you know what I'm talking about. So let me tell you, if you have a deadbolt only door, you can, you, you can make this happen with Amazon Key. If your deadbolt does not freely move with a gentle turn, inside, then you're going to need door modifications. If you have to do that push-pull thing in order to hit the deadbolt and engage it, you're going to need to, you're going to need door modifications. The smartest thing to do is to get your door working properly with what you have now, your deadbolt. You need to just be able to walk up and give it a little twist, and that deadbolt should engage, and your door should be locked. If you can't do that, you're going to have a bad experience with a smart lock. You will, because it's going to take extra torque for the motor, and it might jam, it might freeze. So make sure you can, you know, get get a six-year-old. If that six-year-old can't come up there and flick that, that deadbolt, then you need to modify your door. Shim, do whatever it takes. I did this on a door, got it running perfectly, smooth as butter then put on the smart lock, and it was just like a millimeter different, and I had to do it all again. So keep that in mind. You'll have a bad experience with your smart lock if you, if literally, if you can't just walk up to it and flick it into lock mode. Now, now that you've done that, you might as well 
who who needs Amazon to install it? You've done all this work. It's so easy to put in a, a lock. You might as well just do this yourself. You can customize the order in the shopping cart. There are three locks. As of this recording, there are three locks that are compatible with Amazon Key, this product. It looks like brand new locks. Never been used. There's no feedbacks. There's nothing on these locks. Brand new. Two are simple deadbolt smart locks that have the outdoor keypad, right? That's how you get in. Beep, 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 beep. Unlocks let you in. But it also has a key mechanism. Now, this is this is ugh, key. This is key. It has a key. That if someone in your house is leery about, you know, this pin pad, you, they, you've got a key, right? They can always get in. Even if the battery dies, you can always get in with that key mechanism, right? So that I think that's, I'm not going to say key again. I think that's important. There's a third one. It's like one of those conversion models. It's a quick. It's called Quickset Convert. The first two are a Yale and a Quickset. This last one is a conversion lock. So it only goes on the inside. So you take off the inside portion of your deadbolt, not not a door handle, just the deadbolt, and you slide over this conversion model, and it's it puts in the little motor that flicks it back and forth into the jam. And there's nothing else. There's no, I didn't see any buttons. There may be a hidden button or something to lock. I don't know. But that's it. So this is going to be completely internet enabled and having to do it with an app. So keep that in mind. You still have your outdoor portion, your key, unlock it with a key. But there's also a means in which you can send a signal through the interwebs to that lock and boom, it unlocks it, right? Okay. There's no keypad with that one. I don't I don't know if I can recommend that. I think I would look at these other two before I did that. But hey, it's an option. Whatever. It's compatible with a wide array of deadbolts. It's there's images on the page that tells you what it's not uh, compatible with. It's pretty easy. You can also use it to your benefit. You can access um, or you can assign pin codes. Like you can assign pin codes to your kids. You'll get feedback when they arrive. You can like your dog walkers, your cleaners, whoever that you need to give a pin to in order to get into your house. You can do that. I, I haven't seen the app. But there's an Amazon Key app that allows you to do all of this stuff. It works with she who shall not be named, A-L-E-X-A. You can say, hey, lock the door. The cool thing is, and I like this, check your lock status. A-L-E-X-A. Is the back door locked? It's going to tell you. I haven't tested that, but that's what they say in their text. I would like that. You use the app to check if your door is locked or not, and you can get notifications when uh, someone does come in via the app. So, Three brand new products, all Amazon Key compatible. And I don't see any mention of older locks being compatible. Like if you have something installed that's Zigbee or Z-Wave enabled, I just don't see any compatibility mentioned in there. I think they're kind of... 
there's something going on with this lock that is Amazon enabled, right? But I do believe it is Zigbee because I did see Zigbee mentioned in one of the locks specs sheets. So I saw that mentioned in there. So hang tight on that. There's, I think they're going to hold it close to Amazon. Maybe not have um, older locks because they can't control them. You know, there might be issues. So it's probably going to be these new ones, right? And just FYI, a smart lock, my purchase of a smart lock has easily been one of the best purchases I've ever made in home automation. It it's it's been fantastic. I have a Schlage, it's a deadbolt, and got pin codes and I run it through smart things. It's it's pretty nice. I like it. Easily one of the best purchases I've ever made. Why are we doing this? Why would I let Amazon open my door with a code and put a package in my house? It's just batteries. I just ordered batteries, for God's sakes. They can sit on the, on the porch until I get home. Well, have you, seen, have you seen these videos? You've seen them on the news. I see them in Twitter all the time because I follow Ring. Because I love these videos of them catching things on their Ring doorbell, right? Most of the time, it's what they call the porch pirates. Or is it called the porch bandits? Whatever these guys are. They run up and down the neighborhoods. They see that little brown box sitting by a door. They park. They walk up. They take your package and off they go. Yes, you may get a picture of them, but these are habitual criminals. They're off down the road selling your thing or using your thing and doing whatever they do. Bad people. Bad people. That's that's my guess on why Amazon's doing this. Man, it's... I can see, I have doubts about this product, right, guys? But I can see if you've ever been a victim of crime like this and had something stolen and just it's a mess, you might be saying, this is great. I'm going to do this. So let's, let's, let's keep talking about it. Do you have a pet? Uh, maybe you've got a bolting pet or someone that's going to chew the arm off of a delivery driver. Maybe this is not the best product for you. You probably shouldn't do that. Also, think of the drivers. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you visualize this one. Have you ever gotten a package delivered on a Saturday or a Sunday or maybe after hours? Those are the drivers, from what I can tell, via their. Write-ups. Those are the drivers that are going to be delivering these packages. It's those Amazon drivers, people in old green cars driving up your driveway, and you're like, who is that? And then they bring you your batteries that you ordered early that morning. Those are the drivers that are going to have the technology to unlock that key. Now, Amazon's going to have safeguards on this, right? There, There is so many hoops that you have to jump through in order to get that delivery into that door, right? But I just want you to think of those drivers that have come to your house and delivered that piece of gear to you. So let's talk about the process. You're going to get a notification the day of your delivery. So you're going to get a notification, hey, we're going to deliver your thing via Amazon Key today. And then right before the delivery, 
you're going to get a notification. Hey, we're about to deliver your thing. That allows you to jump on your camera. That's why they sold you the camera, to give you a warm fuzzy. You can point it right at that door and watch the delivery happen. And then right after the delivery, they're going to say, hey, we delivered your thing. You can look at the film. You can look at the camera. See if the door is shut. Make sure there's not a delivery person's arm laying in your door with you know a satisfied pooch hovering over it. Or you can make sure that door is locked, right? Make sure everything's fine. So knock, unlock, deliver, lock. It's supposed to be just like that. And those processes are built in. And I assume that there are some safeguards in this Amazon system that once that delivery happens, it can only happen in that window. And that driver cannot come back and say, tap his little device or whatever and jump into your house, right? And I assume there's some safeguards built into this system. Whereas if that door is open for more than X amount of time, there's going to be some issues. Or did that did that door open multiple times? Right? I, I don't know. There, there are have to be some safeguards built into this. I think, I mean, you know, I should buy this and just order something and accost the driver. Just say, hey, what is up? How do I know? How do I know you're not going to come in and use my bathroom? Besides me seeing it on camera, which would be horribly disgusting to see someone come into your house, right? It's My point is, a lot of the internet freaked out. Oh my God, you're not coming into my home. Well, yeah, they're not. They're not coming into your home. They're putting a box behind your door, right? All right, what could go wrong? Okay, so they come in and use your bathroom. (laughs) That's not going to happen, by the way. But what could go wrong? Dogs, pets, power outage. Yes, you could have a power outage. Internet out. No deliveries if the internet's out. They're just going to put it on the porch, right? Ah, uh, what else? Rogue, rogue driver. You know, you, what can you do about a rogue driver? Yes, there could be a driver go off the cliff in front of your house and walk in your house, right? I mean, we've heard about Uber drivers going off the cliff, going off the deep end, doing stupid things. Doesn't happen a lot, but it could happen, right? Your door is open right then and there. But we're, you know, we're talking infinitesimal percentage of odds here. But I guess it could happen, right? Likely? No, not really likely. Do you have time to babysit this process at work? That's the other thing I'm thinking about. Guys, you're getting this, okay, here, I'm in a meeting and I get this notification. They're about to deliver my batteries. Oh my God, am I going to get in trouble watching this? I need to watch this. It's going to be fun at first, but... Maybe you're making a presentation. Maybe something's happening. You're not going to be able to babysit this every single time. I'm just I'm just throwing things around for you. Do you have power nearby this door for your camera? Because I don't. I really don't. I've got a power plug in in my mudroom where they would deliver, but it's it's nowhere near anywhere that I would put a camera. I would have to put a table there. Put the camera there. It's going to be a pain in the tush. 
It's not working for me. It wouldn't work for me. Think about that. I really don't have issues with this service. I, I will give this service a pass, right? I'd like to hear about the process a little more. I'm, I'm issuing a lot of conjecture here. I'm guessing because we haven't seen it in action. I think it would be good for some folks. I, I think this is going to be a good service. I don't know if it's for me. It may not be for you. But, you know, Amazon's trying some things out. They're trying to get to that process where, hey, they're not getting things stolen. They're not having to deal with me calling them about, hey, my batteries just got stole. Stole? <laughs> just got stolen. Uh, I've got it on my ring doorbell. What are you going to do about it? Well, I don't know. I don't know what they do about it. They're trying things, right? They used to deliver just with UPS. And now things come from uh, USPS. Things go to my mailbox now. Even even some of my overnight orders, even my two-day orders go to my mailbox. Now they're using drivers to order. I can order something in the morning and get it by 9 p.m., right, with their Amazon drivers. There's Amazon lockers where you, if you have a, you know, iffy neighborhood or something, you've been thefted before, you can have it delivered to a locker. I, there's a, it's a little area, not, not far from here, just a couple of miles from here, that there's a, a bank of lockers and you can look up on Amazon where the nearest locker is for you. Have it delivered in a secure locker and you get a notification when it's there. You go pick it up, no issues whatsoever. They just want to get you those deliveries, right? There's even a store. I know uh, an Amazon store on the campus of Purdue University. It's two hours from here. I'm not saying do that, but I mean, they're trying different things, right? They're trying different things. That was a long show. Thanks to StableBit for sponsoring this episode. I appreciate that. Go out to StableBit.com. Give these guys some love, especially if you have a Windows PC in your house. Make it a storage PC. Make a big old hard drive pool, StableBit.com. Do you have anything, you have any feedback for me? How about ResetForums.com? You'll find me there. You can also get me on Twitter, Twitter.com. I try to respond to everything. I don't know if I get it all because I, I get a lot of email from you guys. I'd rather you do it in the forums. I'll answer your emails, but I would rather get it in the forums. That way, when I do answer, other people can learn about it, right? You usually have good questions. Hit me up in those reset forums. It's also at homeservershow.com. I'm sure you remember that too, right? All right. Thanks for listening. Why don't you share this around for me? Let's, Let's spread the reset love. I know there was a lot in this episode, but share it around. Facebook, Twitter, I'd appreciate it. You can go to iTunes and even give it some stars. All right, let's get out of here. Have a good weekend. This has been Reset, a member of the Geeks Network. Check out thegeeksnetwork.com for more great podcasts and forums. Reset can be found at mccabe.io, youtube.com slash David McCabe for the videos, and on Twitter at mccabe.io. Intro and outro music by Daryl Lee. Find Darley at soundcloud.com. Darley Music. That's D E R L E E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at patreon.com slash David McCabe. 
And if you wouldn't mind, throw a couple stars out there on iTunes if you get a chance to. Thank you for supporting, and I'll see you next week on Reset. Reset.